All right. Well, good morning once again, apes. Happy Monday morning here. Is it ever really a happy Monday? I don't really know. I don't think so, but we're going to try to make it one or make it about as happy or enjoyable as it possibly can be. As you guys know, today is uh, Monday, December 4th, 2023. It is 10.09 a.m. here at the Daily Peel Global Headquarters over here on the United States East Coast. But any further detail, of course, location undisclosed. Mark's off to a bit of a rocky start here this morning. Looks like uh, not a whole lot of news going on to drive that action, but could just be kind of a, a bounce back from all the gains that we've been seeing lately. So profit-taking definitely makes sense from our perspective here. But, of course, we got some stuff to talk about from this weekend, particularly from Friday. And then we did have some big news last night that we'll get into down at the very uh, end here. But most importantly, as you guys can see, we here at the Daily Kill Global Headquarters, we've taken a trip out to the beach here today. We're actually in Hawaii. We were flown out here by Alaskan Airlines, believe it or not. Uh, Alaska, you know, is looking pretty nice this time of year, so we figured why not take the trip out. And we'll talk about exactly how that went down in a couple of minutes uh, as we get into the Thought Banana section again. Mega merger deal and uh, confirming that we are, once again, even more back than we previously expected. But let's go ahead and stop messing around and get into things here. Like I said, we we're talking about declining inflation, not a whole lot of economic news going on. So we're just kind of doing a little bit of a roundup on exactly what's going on in some financial markets, particularly the boring ones like fixed income, kind of bond yields there. So we'll dive into that a little bit. We did have some more earnings reports and some more other not earnings, just kind of wild behavior going on in the stock market. Of course, on Friday, you know, that's our bread and butter, what we love to talk about with you guys here. We'll get into that with Ulta Beauty, Coinbase, and a couple others as well. Then, of course, mega merger deal, not really a mega merger deal in terms of a dollar amount, but in terms of industry dynamic and the FTC's response, it's definitely going to be pretty mega. But we did close out the week last week and begin December on a rather high note. Russell 2K almost worth 3% in all 11 sectors of the S&P were up. Meanwhile, WSO Alpha, I mean, these guys, what can I say? They're constant underperformers. Uh, I don't throw in a lot of shade over it their way. They're definitely going to start throwing some shade at me when those first equity reports start to come out. Definitely be on the lookout for those. From what I'm hearing, it should be the next couple of weeks. But, you know, the room temperature IQs over there, they tend to move a little bit slowly. So I'll keep you guys updated on that front because I don't know if they have the mental capacity to be able to tell you themselves. But either way, they were one basis point away from a great 69 basis point return on the day. We'll take the 68 basis points that we got. But even though it did underperform and it's not all that funny, Either way, it was still more exciting than what was going on in the treasury yield market. Once again, we just saw kind of a decline. We'll get into that a little bit more below. That's why we didn't really touch on exact levels up there. But let's focus on some banana bits before we do. So Wall Street Journal was talking about some good deflation going on. Now, as you guys know, deflation is arguably worse than inflation. I mean, that's what pretty much all economists say because it creates a spiral that's a lot less uh, or a lot less, you know, able to be kind of... Uh, taken back to normalcy you know the fed has a lot less control over deflation than they do inflation so it's a little bit scary and we'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow we're going to be focusing on some of those prices based on the pc and the cpi reports that have come out lately now moving on down below to an ai story that we saw here this was one that went a little bit against the grain of what we usually hear so meta's ai chief or their uh, kind of chief nerd as we like to call them says that super intelligence is still a long ways away he also said uh, quantum computing excuse me not cloud computing, but quantum computing could just be a fantasy that we never actually achieve. So we'll definitely check that out. And then further, a bit of a story on the term of Bidenomics, not necessarily the idea of Bidenomics itself. You know, uh, take that to the bank, you know, think of that as you will. We don't get political over here at the Daily Peel. But the term itself is not being adopted by a whole lot of members of the party. 
So let's go in the way of words like hither, yonder, and especially SVB, words that nobody really uses anymore. Moving on down below to the macro monkey section, before we get into things, I want to show you guys this cool little tool over here. If you go to the website Coifin, you can see a world economic calendar, all the cool economic reports that are coming out in the week ahead, and then of course you can kind of bounce between weeks. I show you guys this to say, hey, you know, not exactly a whole lot going on this week. We've got some interesting stuff going on, but really the big news of the week is going to be on Friday with that jobs report. Everybody knows the jobs report comes out uh, pretty much the first Friday of every month, except when it's the first day because it takes a little bit of time. I mean, this is the government we're talking about, guys. Of course, they're not going to have something ready on a timely basis, but definitely just keep your head on a swivel. We'll likely be doing some kind of a year-end rounding up stuff a little bit this week and see exactly what's going on there. But not a year-end roundup, but a month-end roundup. Let's go ahead and take a look at how meme stocks performed in November. Of course, when I'm talking about meme stocks, I'm no longer talking about GameStop or AMC. I'm talking about U.S. Treasury yields. That does seem to be the new meme stocks that are going on in markets now. It's a really crazy time because nobody had exposure to the meme stocks of, you know, the days of yore back with GameStop, AMC. Uh, you actually, it, it was a requirement to own GameStop shares that you didn't actually have a brain back in the day. So not a whole lot of people got exposure to that, but... With the new meme stops, they're about 40% of the standard financial advisor portfolio. Uh, all the really old, really boring investors, they tend to have exposure to these bonds. I don't really know why anybody would be below the age of, you know, 95 or anything. Uh, but either way, let's go ahead and take a look at exactly what was going on. These meme stops absolutely ripped last month. It was one of the best months in history for the return of the Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index. One of the best months of all time was May of 1985, and we're, we were approaching numbers like that, but... We did see a, uh, you know, a bit of a reversal towards the kind of the mid to latter half part of the month. Now we did finish on a strong suit on Friday with bond yields uh, continuing to decline. Keep in mind that yields and prices move opposite. So as yields go down, bonds are actually going up, and that's what makes the index goes up. So we saw a massive, huge, arguably unbelievable 4.73% return in November. Now, I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous. You're probably standing there catching your breath right now because of what a huge game that was. For bonds, this is a big deal. For investors, it was a great month because not only did their bonds go up, but their stocks did too because essentially what's going on here is we're seeing bond yields decline because of the overall economic picture. Consumer spending is on the decline, inflation on the decline, uh, and not necessarily on the decline, but you know the growth rates of each are definitely on the decline. Not that they're actually falling just yet, but the growth rates are slowing, and that's obviously damaging expectations for rates going forward. It's a great thing for equity prices, great thing for bond prices. That's exactly what we were seeing in November. Now, it's really interesting because over that same time period, the Federal Reserve kept reiterating the higher for longer narrative, especially Jay Powell and Waller was really the only one to come out against it and say, hey, we might not have to raise rates anymore. And that seems to be the overarching narrative going on in markets. Now, we can go ahead over here and take a look at the actual performance of the 10-year. This is the all-time, or at least what CNBC says is the all-time. Obviously, this is from CNBC. Shout out to them. Uh, now, this has really taken us from back in 1980, so it's really a little bit over 40-year history of things. As we zoom in a little bit more, we can go ahead and see that this rip is absolutely ridiculous compared to modern history. Now, we can't compare it to the 80s, but that doesn't really give you a whole lot of context because things were so different back then. But as we can see, coming off the ZERP environment, it has been a little bit of a ridiculous time period here for us, especially post-pandemic. We can see that bond yields have ripped, I mean, more than more than quadrupled, almost 8x from where they were uh, back in 2020, especially back in the summer of 2020. So it's been a wild time to be an investor. This is why 
you know, all those older kind of boomers investors were telling the Gen Z Robinhood traders to kind of chill out and wait and see exactly what's going to go on. That's what we're seeing right now. Very precarious position. So we can't wait to see the next uh, Federal Reserve meeting, see what the FOMC does with rates. Everybody and their mother thinks that they're going to be held steady. If there is any change, expect a big reaction from markets. You know, we'll be here to tell you exactly what's going on. But moving on down below, let's focus on some of the stocks of the day. We did get some earnings reports once again from names like Ulta Beauty. Now, this defensive stock, you might not think of it as a defensive or a staple stock, but of course, you got to remember how important it is to look hot all the time. I mean, obviously, we do a great job of that here at the Daily Field Global Headquarters. The lighting here on this beach definitely helps out a little bit, but a lot of people choose to use Ulta Beauty to help themselves stay looking hot. Obviously, as we know how important that is, spending on looking hot didn't slow down one bit in the last quarter, so they did have a fairly solid performance. $5.09 per share versus an estimated $4.96. Sales beat mildly. They grew primarily from same-store sales, 4.5% growth at same-store sales. But they also did open 12 new locations. Uh, definitely not a bad quarter for Altite. And you can see then share price almost up 11%. Coinbase, meanwhile, this stock, not a whole lot going on. It was kind of a big middle finger to Kathy Wood because she actually sold shares. That report came out on Friday right when Coinbase ripped. It was almost like an inverse Kramer thing where... Everybody says, you know, just do the opposite of what Kramer says. So, of course, seeing Kathy Wood sell and the stock price actually rip kind of was very much a similar dynamic, but that's probably not what, what's actually going on here. It's probably more of a uh, kind of a Bitcoin-related trade. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and see what's going on with those prices right now. Over the weekend, we did see Bitcoin cross 40000 Now we're back above 41000 I mean, the rip is just continuing to build here. This was the past 24 hours, but let's go ahead and take a look at the past two weeks. As you can see, massive spike over this weekend. We'll see if that can actually be held. But either way, the really cool thing to look at was Coinbase's performance in the month prior. So as we can see, it's up set 65% here, but Google does this really weird thing where they start the month from the actual beginning date rather than the close of the date of the last month, which is technically the proper way to do it. So as we can see, we're up over 84% since uh, the close of October. Now, obviously, while that's been ripping, it's been a tough scene for some of the other names in the industry. We go ahead and look at competitor finance coin. Over the same time period, one month, it's down 3.72%. Really just not a strong performance whatsoever. And we can go ahead and try to take a look at FTT. It was tough for me to actually get uh, price data on here, but I think I tried my best. As you guys can see, it is just an absolute dumpster fire. This is basically what we're looking at with FTT. Not looking good going forward, especially as their founder is on their way literally to prison as we speak. We'll see if Binance and CZ can actually join them later on. Don't look at that yet. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, but it was a great month for Coinbase, great day for Coinbase as well to start off December. We'll see if that continues into the end of the year. This Santa Claus rally can continue to build. Hasn't been looking good today, but we'll see what happens going forward. Moving on down below to Dell Technologies. I mean, this is much like HP or much like uh, this stock like IBM. This is essentially your dad's Apple. This is the boomer kind of uh, not nifty 50, but magnificent seven idea of a stock. I mean, I think everybody on earth remembers walking into their third grade computer classroom and seeing all the Dell computers everywhere. But that's exactly what we're talking about here. Dell on Friday uh, released their latest earnings report. Wasn't exactly looking too good. Earnings per share came in at a buck 88. Expectations for a buck 45. That was really where the good news ended. Sales did miss 22.3 billion versus a 23 billion dollar expectation. All investors care about this quarter hasn't been necessarily how much money the company can take in, but the demand that they're seeing from consumers. That's what happening. That's what happens when general economic conditions show that spending might kind of revert or might reduce over the uh, short term to kind of intermediate term future. When economists are expecting spending to reduce, 
what investors really want to see is that consumers are reducing their spending on their stocks. Obviously, as we can see here from this report, that was definitely happening with Dell. People were buying PCs, prices were being reduced. Really tough quarter, sales fell more than 10%, and they failed to provide actual specific expectations going forward. Though they definitely sounded confident, just not confident enough to tell us actually what they were expecting. Uh, we'll see how that actually performs going forward, of course, just like all the others. And finally, we have Pfizer, the company that saved the world back in the day, along with Moderna, or quote-unquote saved the world, depending on exactly how you feel about that. Once again, we don't get political here at the Daily Peel, but... Pfizer, despite coming out with um, one of the world-saving, pandemic-ending vaccines way back in the day, they were not able to actually perform the same when it came to those obesity drugs. So we've seen companies like Novo Nordisk and Eli Lilly come out and absolutely dominate the world of healthcare with their performances of uh, things like Moderna, Wagovi, whatever the other one's called, Ozempic. Pfizer was trying to do the same thing with a twice-daily pill form. Did not work out at all. Now, the pill was good at reducing uh, obesity, but the side effects that came with it were real nasty. Not necessarily stuff that I want to imagine in my head, so I'm not going to repeat it here, but definitely go Google that if you're kind of if you're the kind of psycho who loves to see uh, that weird medical shit. I mean, it's definitely some interesting stuff, but it didn't work out for Pfizer, so shares were down. They cut production of that line of business. The do-no-harm doctrine is really what's happening here, so despite the fact that uh, the pill actually worked to reduce obesity because it causes harm in other ways. No doctor is ever going to be able to sell this and get around the practicals. So they did have to basically cut that. And obviously we saw the share price suffer as a result. Now, thankfully, some news actually happened late Sunday. We didn't really know what we were going to write about here. We wanted to give you guys something good and important. And then thankfully, some news finally happened on Sunday night. We got the merger between two airlines, Alaska and Hawaiian Air. Notably, not Alaskan and Hawaiian Air, which is a big mistake that we almost made sending this out to you. But Alaska Airlines is going to be purchasing Hawaiian Airlines in about a $1 billion deal here. Uh, so the total deal value is $1.9 billion or right around there. And what we're really seeing is a reuptake of deal volume. So if we go ahead and take a look at some facts and data from November, so it's a little bit old. What we can see here is the... Uh, although the actual number of deals hasn't come back too much yet, in terms of the total amount of these deals, apes, we are already so back. As we can see, this giant uptick compared to all the months prior. This starts out in July 2022 as well. So that's when deal volume was already drastically reduced, largely because of those rate hikes that Jay Powell and the FOMC nuked the economy with. So that's what we're seeing. We'll likely continue to see a, kind of an uptick in that as long as, you know, things don't completely fall apart going forward. But Shout out to FactSet for the data. We appreciate them. And if we go back over here and take a look at actually what's going on, I mean, this was really quite the coincidence because back in the day, both of these states were admitted into the union around the same time, back in 1959, same time period that Barbie dolls were released. I mean, uh, JFK was gearing up for a big election run in 1960. Great time in American history. The baby boomer generation was actually being formed. Um, I'm sure they thought it was great then. Obviously, now we know it was one of the worst things this country's ever done. Let's create the baby boomer generation. But hey, I digress. Let's go ahead and keep on taking a look at exactly what's going on here. So the deal was interesting. Investors are reacting now. Hawaiian Airlines up a ton. Alaska Air down a ton. It's quite likely that we'll write about one of those as we go uh, into tomorrow. But what's going on here is uh, the big thing to consider is really the FTC. Everybody knows Lena Khan is not a big fan of companies merging or purchasing each other. I mean, she can't even get over Amazon's desire to purchase a fucking vacuum cleaner company. So we'll see what happens when two of the nation's most important airlines actually combine with each other. But the good argument for them is that four airlines, Delta, United, American, and Southwest, 
control roughly 80% of the U.S. market already. So that's why we're seeing things like a Spirit and JetBlue merger. The FTC has already thrown a wrench into those plans. It's being litigated. There's actually going to be arguments heard this week. That'll give us an indication on the likely outcome of Alaska Alliance merger going forward. Almost definitely going to have to be uh, showing up in court as well, but it really was an act of desperation for Hawaiian because they're getting their lunch eaten by Southwest. I mean, Southwest is... Uh, they basically came out to the Hawaiian Islands in about 2019. That was Hawaiian Airlines' bread and butter was flights between islands from Maui to Honolulu and whatever else. I've never been there. I don't know the names of the islands. I'll stop bullshitting on that front. But Southwest went out there and really danced with Hawaiian's margins. And then with the shift in travel dynamics since COVID, it really has been kind of a crazy time period in that industry. So Alaska came in. They bought out Hawaiian. Uh, these two companies are now officially joining forces. We'll see if Lena Khan of the FTC actually let that go through, but it'll definitely be one you want to stay tuned for. Finishing up with Wise Investor says our quote of the day, shout out to Charlie Munger once again, RIP. I mean, just absolute terrible loss of life. So once again, we wanted to shout out one of his favorite quotes or one of his best quotes, our favorite quotes, is going to be uh, Charlie Munger saying, every time you hear EBITDA, just substitute it with bullshit. I mean, we all know how Charlie Munger was. He definitely wasn't a big fan of those kind of adjusted earnings measures, and neither should you be. I mean, if Charlie Munger isn't a fan of it, do you really think you're going to be smarter than him? So probably just go with what the wise guys say, but let's go ahead and uh, end things for the day here. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on the Daily Peel live stream. Always love talking to you guys every morning. Hope your Monday actually turns out to be happy, even though, like we said at the top here, we don't know if that's ever really happened in the history of humanity. It's always happy over here at the Daily Peel. And once again, thank you guys for joining. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Happy trading. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.